Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. So we're talking all things fantasy sports and more on the show for the next hour or so before we hand things over to a remade edition of the Lowdown with Low Tide with Marty Stevens and Brad Slater. Uh, Alan Mitchell taking the week off, much deserved. Declan Kruger, same sort of thing. So Marty Stevens and Brad Slater will get you through the Lowdown with Low Tide, but that's not till noon for the next area. You got me, Connor Halley, and him, Brandon Douglas, here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. I walked past them in the last couple of days. You know the days after Christmas and New Year's? Even the days before Christmas, it's all such a blur. I walked by, and they were uh, they were doing quite well there. There wasn't too much supply left. I'm sure they had to bring more in, and I think I'm going to swing by there today and grab some jerky as you and I are going to be doing the Gregor Show, Brandon. But uh, get in there quickly because... Sometimes it goes fast. Very popular, those Wilhawk boys. Yeah, a little jerky sustenance to get through this uh, this long day for the two of us will uh, we'll be much appreciated. I think so we'll have to pop in. And, I mean, you said it, Connor. Last Friday, in between um, the end of our show here at 11 to 12 and the start of you going on uh, with Gregor, we went for a walk down the mall with, uh, with Brad Slater before our Christmas party, just the two of us. <laughs> I was going to stop there and grab some stuff. The line was so long. That I was like, I'm just gonna come back later. Went back later once you were on with Gregor. It was the same length. Yeah, like that place was popping heading I, into the holiday weekend. So uh, hopefully a, a great season for Trent and the whole crew over at Wilhawk. We obviously uh, very appreciative and very uh, pumped to have them as uh, as our presenting sponsor uh, since day one here on the Frenzy. The originals, the OGs, with us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Like I said, check out the website wilhawkbeefturkey.com. The text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you'd like to get those text messages in to the program today, we will have Pete Jensen joining us from NHL Fantasy and the NHL Network. Uh, fantasy football dwindling. We do have finals this weekend, which we will touch on. And we'll have a guest tomorrow to talk about that. Uh, but today, Pete Jensen will join us from the NHL Fantasy. Um, I just wanted to throw this one out there because I was, you know, looking at my emails. Got an email at like three in the morning. Oh, it's from Office Pools. giving me an update. Connor. You're now in third place. Oh, my God. So awesome, Rossum's Koskinen 2.0. I'm coming for you. I mean, I'll probably get passed by boldly getting a hoe and a hoss tonight. But in third spot, uh, Brandon. I've climbed you're, up. You're 30, climbing up. I've climbed up to 38th. And uh, I'm I'm hoping <laughs> that throughout the course of this afternoon, I'm going to do a, a – we touched on it briefly, how when you actually go to the site and don't uh, – usually I just check the that daily email yeah. with the update because I'm so far down the standings, I couldn't be uh, bothered to dive in deeper. But with my kind of recent turnaround here, I've been trying to keep some closer tabs on the uh, categories where you can search it like most points in this past week or the month. And uh, I tell you what. In this past month, I am better than halfway up the list. I'm like a 15th best in this past month. You built your team for the spring, I'm not the sec- fall. I'm a second half team. I'm a second half team. So, uh, I, I mean, hey, if I can even get into, say, the top 20 by the time the season is concluded, I will consider that a huge success. And my team should be a, a very strong consideration for whatever our league's equivalent of the Bill Masterson trophy is for dedication to the sport because, man, have we been bad. But we're on the we're on the come up, on the bounce back. Hopefully injuries can uh, keep themselves in line, and uh, I keep climbing. 
That is typically the problem with yeah. these types of leagues, right? You're going to get hit by injuries. Tage Thompson, uh, I guess the most recent. I will say, though, Chris Letang last night, he's, he's a big reason for my jump. He had six assists. He became the first defenseman in NHL history, 106 years, to record five points in a single period and finish the night with six assists, tied for the most ever by a blue liner. That's a heck of a period, isn't it? Five helpers? Unbelievable. Everything he was doing, like he and Sam Gagne have that feeling of like, I can do no wrong. Uh, the Coyotes, how about them last night? Four goal comeback. Nathan McKinnon, I don't want to say quietly, but on a 19-game point streak. Ho-hum. Connor Bedard. Couple tucks. OT winner. The third youngest player in league history to score his first career regular season overtime goal. How'd you like the Selly afterwards too? It's over. Hit him with the Vince card. Was that the Vince? Was that what it was? Yeah. I like it. I like that kid. Because I I I set the bar low for him, which maybe I was I just didn't want him to come in and have like a twenty five goal season or like a twenty goal season and people say, Bust, why didn't he score forty? But I mean, he seems like he's the real deal. His his release is just unbelievable. I I really tried to temper my expectations of him at the start of the season and, and on record doing so, saying I said if he could hit 30 goals, that would be an incredible accomplishment because I think people forget how hard it is to play as an 18-year-old in the yeah. NHL, even if you are a generational talent. Like Sidney Crosby and Ove- Ovechkin, not 18, obviously, but Sidney Crosby hitting 100 points. There's only been uh, – I always use this stat, and I, you would think I'd have it memorized by now, but I think six – and 18-year-olds in NHL history have had scored 100 points in their rookie season. Um, only two, whereas 18-year-olds, Dale Howard, Chuck, uh, or pardon me, I think six rookies to hit 100 points. Uh, two is 18-year-olds, Dale Howard, Chuck, and Sidney Crosby, I think. Maybe maybe don't quote me on that uh, or fact check me and feel free to correct me. But it's something along those lines. So Bedard, like I said, expectations tempered. He's blowing me away. His And the fact that the Blackhawks continue to crumble around him and he still plays well and produces at the same time, I've been very, very impressed with the young man. Uh, 18-year-old stats. Wayne Gretzky at 137 points. In the WHA. 103 for Howard Chuck. Crosby 102. That's unbelievable. Not, is that good? <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Connor Bedard, we'll see. Did uh, Sidney Crosby not also have 100 penalty minutes that season? 110. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he was the ultimate fantasy that player. That guy racked up on sportsman-like penalties. He loved to complain to the refs. And even if you're Sidney Crosby, as an 18-year-old, especially at that time in the NHL, of one year out of the lockout, kind of the, the new age of this league... That was a no-no. You do not run your mouth to the referees <laughs> if you're an 18-year-old fresh-faced kid. And he got dinged up a lot. I think quite a few, a couple tens on it. Lots of two-minute getting teed up. Um, and I mean, hey, he took a lot of a lot of crap too, especially in those games with the Flyers back in his early seasons. Those were heated, heated robberies. Still is, but the two teams um, on different sides of the spectrum, but not the way we thought they would be because the Flyers are apparently really good this year and <laughs> i don't know why uh chris gratton also at 100 pims as an 18 year old only 41 points 42 points sorry bob yor had 41 points and 102 penalty minutes and mario trombley 39 points 108 penalty minutes mark messier beast 120 <laughs> penalty minutes 33 points like it's so funny it, a lot of people always talk about like um if fantasy football had existed when jerry rice was playing like the stats he was putting up, it just like dwarfs even what we consider these great fantasy players now. Uh, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, and, and CMC and co. Mark Messier back in the day. I mean, 
obviously Gretzky's points, and we've we've had people text in and say that in in playing in kind of high type leagues back then, Gretzky points were only worth a half. But Messier, if you were like doing it in today's standards with the points, the goals, the pims, the hits, that guy unstoppable. Oh yeah, like he'd be your fantasy MVP for sure. Even if somebody else had Gretz, I think, and you were counting them as single points. Just wanted to look into this one, just going back to Connor Bedard and what he's been able to do. 32 points so far this season as an 18-year-old. And playing with, right now, Nick Foligno and Kurashev, like... <laughs> Not exactly the highest-end line mates you could have. I mean, they are no NHL scrubs. players. Nick, Nick Foligno, well-respected veteran, plays the game the right way. He's played in top sixes for a long time. Even when, like... His skill set, probably more of like at best a middle six guy. Yeah. But like a pro's pro. So uh, I don't think you could find a better veteran presence to throw out on Connor Bedard's wing, but not in the same plane of existence in terms of skill set. For sure. For sure. 20 points. Uh, Felino has 17 points. I mean, obviously, we know Taylor Hall was probably a guy that you probably would have seen him play with a little bit and maybe Corey Perry in a jam, in a pinch. Corey Perry uh, is 50-goal season, I think, at 100 pims. I mean, not an 18-year-old, obviously, so a different uh, different stroke, but that's still a pretty impressive thing to accomplish. It is. It is. Uh, well, we, we're in the first segment here, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. if you'd like to send in a text message. Would you like to go off about the Anaheim Ducks? I mean... No, four nothing in the first period. Is Vegas washed? I won't. I won't take anything back about what I said yesterday, where I said this is not a good team because they're not. But I did say, and I don't think this part was on air. I think it was just kind of joking amongst uh, yourself, myself, and Brad Slater, saying, I, "Hey, this team's been banged up. Uh, Trevor Zegers missed a lot of time. Jamie Drysdale, that poor kid, uh, missed virtually the entirety of last season. Uh, hasn't you know, really seen much action so far this year with another injury. Uh, gets on the score sheet last night, like." When you actually have this entire team healthy and dressed, it, it's a pretty decent NHL roster. A very young one, mind you, especially their forward core, but they got some great veterans. Frank for, Frank for Toronto, great season. Ryan Strom, very serviceable. Adam Henrique is all of a sudden like playing on the third line, which is probably where he should be. Mm-hmm. But in past, he's been the Ducks' top line center because of their lack of talent. So um, the Ducks went through a tough spell there. Injuries certainly playing a role. Um, but yeah, Vegas, four in a row losses. Uh, going back before the Christmas break, um, I kind of I think maybe the the Oilers kind of wish they were up on Saturday night, not the LA Kings. Of course, the Kings and Knights playing tonight um, in L, uh, in Vegas. I think or no, back in LA. Vegas was in San Jose. In Vegas, yes. So um, yeah, it uh, the the Ducks are still not good. I, they will not make <laughs> the playoffs. Do not, do not be mistaken. But a great showing last night, uh, Troy Terry. Uh, Mason McTavish uh, all kind of racking up some points as well. So good for the young kids. Yeah, so like you said, four straight losses for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks surpassed them in the standings, 49 points with a game in hand. Uh, The LA Kings with four games in hand of the Canucks, five games in hand of the Vegas Golden Knights, only three points back and five points back. So the, the LA Kings certainly have a chance to go on a bit of a run here for the Edmonton Oilers. 31 points. Uh, they've dropped back seven points in the wild card race. But with that being said, they do have four games in hand of the Preds and three of the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, we shall see what happens there. Uh, NFL news, kind of the big deal, I guess, later on yesterday. We didn't really get a chance to talk about it, Brandon, but Russell Wilson looks like he's going to be sat down for the remainder of this season with the Denver Broncos. That being because if he gets hurt, 
the Broncos are on the hook for a lot of money. And it, it does seem like the Broncos will part ways with uh, Russell Wilson after just two seasons and that giving is, up so much for him. That is the reports, uh, which leans itself to the fact of uh, benching him make even more sense because, like you said, uh, injury risk much higher there, uh, whereas, you know, healthy heading into the offseason, they can cut him loose with uh, very little uh, cert, um, consequences as a result. So, uh, yeah, who's starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos next year? Do they draft somebody? Where is Russell Wilson playing quarterback next year? Is he going to be signed as a starter? This this creates a lot of questions in and of itself, and at the same time uh, with the Broncos, a couple big games down the stretch against opponents that matter. Does it kind of uh, basically rule them out and saying they're happy to lose a few more games and uh, further up their draft stock, where they've obviously been very thin after acquiring Russell Wilson for so much capital? So uh, a lot of storylines created out of basically this one little move that uh, came across the the wire yesterday afternoon. And like you, you kind of look at it, and Russell Wilson, if you are Russell Wilson, then the release won't happen till I believe, March. March. So then the draft will be late April. Caleb Williams... You're going to miss out on him. He's probably going number one, but let's say top two or top three for sure. Drake May, Commanders, I don't know. Like, he, he's going. Jaden Daniels, Patriots need a quarterback. Just trying to think who else could potentially be a quarterback that jumps into the... Uh, Shadur Sanders? <laughs> oh, he's returning, isn't he? Did he is, has that been confirmed? I thought I, I thought might, I might have missed it. I might have missed that. So let's say maybe Penix out of Washington. Let's say mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. All these Who's guys. Apparently gonna be, I can't remember who texted that, and J.J. McCarthy's going to be the best of all the quarterbacks in this draft. I think it was Scalding Gord. I think. Oh, Gord. I think it was Gord. We'll, we'll, we'll dig that one up. But if you're the Denver Broncos, you're probably missing out on all these guys. We'll see how it works out because they do have their first pick back, right? Seattle was just the, the two first rounders. Mm-hmm. But if you're Russell Wilson, what's your like? You can't sign anywhere. You can't do the Kurt Warner where he signed with the Giants and then they drafted Eli. Then he signed with the Cardinals. They drafted Matt Leinart. You have to just hold out and see, and then hope you can find a system. Like it's crazy the drop of Russ, especially this year where he hasn't been that bad. No, no, that actually is I think more the more surprising part of this is that he has actually played quite well this year. And maybe we're a little bit skewed because we usually look more at the fantasy numbers than, say, uh, some deeper dive actual metrics because he's been a very good fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, And we we didn't give him enough credit probably at times, or at least I know I didn't. But with that being said, I said it with Kevin this morning. He's definitely still a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, but nobody's going to, you know, trade for him per se, knowing they can get him for free, given what the Broncos are kind of lining up to do here. But like, like you talk about the draft stock, they're seven and eight. Even if they lose out, finish seven and ten. The teams below them, how many of them are going to win more games? Because there's already, like I said, thirteen loss, twelve loss, a couple eleven to- loss teams, three more ten loss teams already. And I don't think the Giants, Titans, and Chargers necessarily have a lot of wins uh, or mini wins out of the three of them penciled in over the last two weeks here. So you you might be lucky to get a top ten pick, I would think. Maybe maybe you just take a late late round flyer and hope something works out. Sign a veteran, kind of work almost on a gap year type program. Either you you work on progressing a late round or mid round pick, have a veteran stop gap. I don't know. Kirk Cousins in Denver is he a guy that would uh, entice Sean Payton? 
Is Minnesota ready to move on? I mean, after what they've seen this year, I feel like they're going to say one more year. Let's, let's run it back. I, 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 I think so too. That was another talk uh, chat Kevin and I had this morning right off the hop about that situation. And like with Hawkinson out the rest of this year, I think Minnesota's probably willing to uh, wave the white flag. They're, of course, seven and eight now. They'd be very hard pressed to get in. And at the same time, like Hawkinson probably going to miss a good chunk of the start of next season, depending on recovery, of course. It's a, it's a two ligaments torn which doesn't make a huge difference, but I does think or do think makes that recovery a little bit more difficult when you're kind of trying to rehab two surgeries at once, even if they're on the same knee. So I don't know, the, the Vikings, Broncos, there's a lot of uncertainty going into this offseason. And like we're already looking forward to that. We've still got two weeks of regular season left with a lot of playoff implications and the, and the actual NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. So it's been a, honestly, people might hate me on, hate on me for this because of the, uh, the amount of injuries we've seen. It's been, a, I think it's been a great NFL season. It's been super competitive. We haven't seen anybody run away. As soon as we thought somebody was the Niners, they get knocked back down to earth by the Ravens. Um, and the Ravens lost to the Browns. So are the Browns better than the Ravens? It's, I, I've loved this season so far, and I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, fantasy season's coming up uh, on its close here after this weekend. Just one more thing on the quarterbacks before we get to break here, and I'm just looking at the draft order right now. It could change, but Chicago first. They could take a quarterback. They could. They could surround Justin Fields with talent, but they could take a quarterback. Arizona could take a quarterback. Washington probably will. New England at four likely will. The Giants could take a quarterback. Chargers won't. Tennessee won't. Chicago at eight. Well, maybe they take uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. At fir- maybe first overall. They, maybe they trade the top pick back, like down into the three four spot to take Harrison and then take another quarterback. Uh, what'd you say that was nine or ten um, with their own pick? Eight for the their own pick. The eight for the but own then pick, you've got you. the Jets and Falcons and Saints right after All nine, ten, same. eleven. Who yeah. could take a quarterback? There could be a run. So if you're the Chargers, Tennessee, who I think will Levis, I think they're comfortable with. There, there's an opportunity to drop back three or four picks, get capital, and still select a guy who's a top ten pick. Do you think there's that many actual top 10 worthy quarterbacks no, in this draft? I do not. I think there's... But teams think, will jump. I think there's two. Go back to uh, the Sam Darnold draft. Oh, my God. What a disaster. Like, teams will get nervous. They'll give up a lot. They'll jump up. And I say five or six quarterbacks go in the first round to pan out. And, and if, you, if you're in the, the situation of the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton, are you looking at this? That you're kind of, let's just say, hypothetically picking in that... 12 to 13 range maybe 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 closer to 11 or 10 what what do the chicago bears want for the top pick it's gonna be a haul uh we'll take a break we'll touch on this after after but we're gonna get to pete jensen when we come back from break from the nhl network and nhl fantasy get those text questions in 1-833-401-1440 it's fantasy frenzy here on sports 1440 brought to you by wilhawk beef jerky we're back. It's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com or come down to West Edmonton Mall. Come past the studio, say hello, and then take the uh, five-minute walk over to Wilhawk Beef Jerky. We've got a guy outside doing it right now, getting a picture. My parents walked by earlier, actually, as well. Perks of uh, growing up on the West End here. Your parents come here a lot. Well, you know, they, they've got my niece that they watch a lot, and it's a little cold outside for walks, so they bring her here. Take laps around the mall. And, I mean, they are seniors, so it is there, mall walk time. There are days I get here, 6 o'clock in the morning, there's people ahead of me with their, like, little hand weights power walking around the mall. 
and they they go at a good pace as well. I can't believe that the mall is actually like technically open. You can just come in here whenever you want. It's the beauty of West Edmonton Mall, baby. Uh, we are live here from the Stingray Studios. Uh, taking your text, one 401 1440 Montana to Rice chimes in with some Sean Payton talk. We'll get to that later. But right now, we'll talk some NHL with our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, that's tonight, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip or two to the Super Bowl. Also on Oilers game days, uh, they do give tickets away to an upcoming home game. So since the Oilers take on the Sharks tonight at 8.30, you know, you got the doubleheader. You've got uh, some football. You've got some hockey. Could be a great night at any of the Canadian Brewhouse locations around town. We bring in Pete Jensen of NHL.com as well as NHL Fantasy. Pete, how are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, early Happy New Year to everybody up in Canada. We're um, excited for the Winter Classic and uh, some of the big game slates coming up, right? Last night was a huge slate with 14 games, and then you got 9 9 9 <laughs> from Friday through Sunday. So it should be a great weekend of NHL and fantasy and betting action for sure. Now, Pete, we've got uh, three later games that don't get going till 10 o'clock Eastern time. So for you, you're out on the East Coast. Are you going to be staying up to watch these games? <laughs> I'll definitely try. I'm, I got two <laughs> kids and uh, we've got all the holiday stuff going on. But yeah, we're still, uh, we're still rolling with our podcast. We dropped a new episode, NHL Fantasy on Ice today uh just looking ahead to 2024 and kind of covering some of the fantasy and betting trends so definitely still glued into it and yeah it's it's an odd night right where like the best games of the night are um all late games so yeah it should be a really fun one especially the king's golden knights one uh golden knights definitely ailing right now with some key injuries on the back end the goaltending has been in shambles a bit and the Kings profile really checks out right now. They look like one of the real cup contenders in the entire league so far this season. The Pacific division is loaded because there's Edmonton and Vancouver. So that's really like a four horse race um, for the division title. Everybody's live and even Seattle's playing better lately. So there are no easy nights in the Pacific. Now, uh, Pete, if I were to ask you, going back to the start of the season, 34 games in, approaching the new year, Connor Bedard would have 15 goals, 17 helpers, 32 points. Obviously, he had the game winner last night. Uh, would you say he would have met or maybe exceeded your expectations for the season so far? I think based on the sheer point total, he has met our expectations because we had him projected for 78 points, assuming he would play you know, 80, 82 games or so in our preseason projections. So, you know, full marks to him so far. But I think personally, when you consider that Taylor Hall has missed most of the season, he's done for the year. Seth Jones banged up lately, hasn't been playing. I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the season that Taylor Hall and Seth Jones would not be playing and Connor Bedard would still be close to a point per game, I would be pretty surprised. So as much as I say he's met my expectations in the preseason with what has gone wrong with the Blackhawks roster uh, it's pretty eye-opening in a good way what this guy is able to do. Chicago is in some really good hands for the long term and building around this kid because he's a special talent. Uh, he has even less talent around him than McDavid had in that rookie season. I know McDavid got injured in that season, but still this is serious production and highlight real stuff that Bedard is doing. And even from a betting standpoint, like you can't count out. I know Chicago blows leads and has a bad defense and stuff, but you can't count out this team any given night when they pull off some of the wins that they've had so far this season. 
Now, uh, Pete, we, we've had a few comments come in over the last month here that it, it might not be a runaway race for the Calder and uh, Connor Bedard. I, I kind of scoff at that. I think Bedard, I mean, name recognition alone might help him out with some voters. But has there been any other rookie in the NHL right now that has surprised you with just what they've been able to do, uh, you know, on the ice, but also from a fantasy perspective? Sure. I mean, I thought that the clear best defenseman among rookies this season would be Luke Hughes, especially considering he's seen so much time on the first power play. And of course, Dougie Hamilton, if you knew Dougie Hamilton was going to miss some time because of injury, but which you didn't, you would say, oh, for sure, Luke Hughes would be a top three finalist and, and that sort of thing, and maybe even the second best rookie. And he still might be. But I would say Brock Faber for the Minnesota Wild has been a really big surprise. We were on him early. He cooled off. He's been a little inconsistent. He's playing heavy minutes. He's been huge in some of those edge stats that we cover on NHL.com slash fantasy and NHL.com in general in terms of his workload, his skating distance, you know, some of these other um, metrics out there. And I think that, like, in terms of what he means to the Minnesota Wild, since they made their coaching change November 28th, they're the best team in the NHL in terms of points under John Hines, 11-3-0, and he's shouldering a huge workload because Jared Spurgeon has been off and out, you know, more times than not this season, it feels. And also that defense, like, remember, they don't have Dumba anymore. They don't have Ryan Suter anymore. Like, that defense is a shell of what it used to be, and I feel like just the role he has played this season is really flying under the radar. I would get back in on the conversation of Minnesota you know, being a dark horse, maybe not to win the Stanley Cup, but could certainly uh, translate a lot better than they have over the past five, ten years in terms of winning playoff series this year. Pete Jensen joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie and Douglas, you can catch Pete's work at NHL.com as well as NHL Fantasy. Uh, Pete, just want to look at Daily Fantasy tonight for those out there who might be wanting to sprinkle a couple dollars down. We touched on the games. Uh, four of them, three of them are late. you got Montreal and Carolina, Vancouver, Philadelphia, Vegas takes on the LA Kings, and then of course the Oilers in San Jose to wrap it all up. Uh, if you're looking at maybe some individual players tonight that could have some production, does anyone stand out? Uh, certainly from the Oilers-Sharks game, I mean, like, still, this is, like we said, we're approaching the halfway point in the season. Zach Hyman has a nice little lead by a considerable margin on both Drysaddle and McDavid in goals and shots on goal. Um, I know McDavid missed a little bit of time, but not that much. So Hyman just, you know, continue to ride the hot hand there. And then also on the Sharks side, remember the Sharks beat the Oilers in the first game between the teams this season. Tomas Hurdle's been a beast for them, regardless of line mates. Had a multi-point game against Edmonton earlier this season, and I just feel like he's definitely diamond in the rough because the Sharks have lost six in a row, and you know people aren't really flocking to them in fantasy and that type of stuff right now. Um, Mark Stone has been crazy hot for the Golden Knights. Try to work him into your lineup. He's been a huge surprise this season. And then one of my favorite players in the whole league from a either DFS or season-long standpoint has been Owen Tippett of the Flyers. The Flyers are only one regulation loss in their past 10 games, same as Vancouver. So as much as you lean toward Vancouver in that game, Flyers beat them earlier in the season and could take them by surprise. And I feel like, you know, of all their surprising players, like Owen Tippett is the guy that, like, fuels that fire for the surprising Flyers this season in terms of shots on goal, shot props and DFS, uh, you know, to score a goal or record a point. He's, he's been heating up lately. 
Pete Jensen from NHL.com and NHL Fantasy joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, Pete, you, you touch on the Flyers there. They're going up against the Canucks tonight. Of course, Vancouver, uh, one of the top teams in the entire league. Very high-flying offense. But Philly, they play a very uh, by-the-book John Tortorella system. Uh, ninth in the league in goals allowed uh, on the lower side uh, lower side of the spectrum there. Do you think the Flyers can kind of suppress this Vancouver attack tonight, to once again looking from a daily fantasy perspective? Or are you still loading up on Canucks like you do basically every time they take the ice? Yeah, it is crazy, right? Like when you look at the standard leagues in fantasy, like among the top 15 overall players or so, there's... JT Miller, I think is fourth, Brock Besser, not far behind, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes. So, I mean, just an absolute juggernaut. The Canucks have been so far this season to a lot of people's surprise. Even if you had them making the playoffs, you, I don't think you could have seen this coming. And Demko, of course, the favorite right now uh, in most books for the Vezina Trophy, and rightfully so. But I think the road success of a player like Travis Konechny definitely evens the playing field a little bit. That's the line with him and Tippett, Couturier. They play together a lot. You really like that trio. I mean, Philly having guys like Couturier and Atkinson playing most of the season has been huge. Rookie Tyson Forrester is another player to keep an eye on. They can come at you in a lot of different ways. As much as I like Vancouver, Philly quietly may be even deeper than them in terms of rolling three strong lines and stuff like that. And some nice surprises for them on the back end as well. Philly has a nice outlook for the years to come, especially when you consider like three years from now, maybe when they uh, bring in that kid Michkov from Russia. I mean, that could really elevate the whole franchise to a level that we haven't seen maybe in over a decade. So I'm very excited about the future of the Philadelphia Flyers and the present to pretty much contend and give an A-plus effort win or lose, regardless of who they play this season, whether it's high scoring or low scoring. They've just been um, such a robust team this year, and they've been catching a lot of teams by surprise. Pete Jensen, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440. Uh, Pete, shifting our uh, focus momentarily back to tonight's Sharks-Oilers game. Uh, uh, We had a text in earlier this morning about this guy, and he's someone who I've kept kind of tabs on, but yet to really be blown away by Kalen Addison since moving over to the Shark system. I thought this move would provide him with a, a lot more opportunity on obviously a very weak team. Departing from that defense core in Minnesota you'd mentioned earlier, uh, 11 points in 32 games. Some nights he's playing upwards of 17 minutes. Uh, more recently in uh, December 17th, played less than nine. Uh, what do you make of him him there? And is he uh, like uh, a deep a deep roster pickup that you could still look at if he can find his way back on the top power play unit? Or, or is he kind of a castaway at this point? I mean, it depends on your format. He's probably going to hurt you in plus-minus and some of the peripheral categories because he's not a strong defensive player. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think when he when he came over there, and it's still relatively early, I mean, the Sharks are such a uh, rough team defensively. I mean, it's really coming into the season. They've exceeded my expectations, but I really thought it was one of the worst defenses I've ever seen Um at the surface, you know, at least on paper. Mario Ferraro has been getting going for them offensively during their losing streak. He's like their leader in assists, even strength points, and also tied for their points lead uh, during that six-game losing streak that they're on. But, yeah, for Addison, if you're in a points-only league, maybe you'd be a little bit more patient because the plus-minus can't work against you. But in probably 75 80% of fantasy leagues out there, he's not worth rostering right now. 
Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Brandon Douglas, Connor Halley with you. Pete Jensen from NHL.com, our guest. Uh, last one for me for you, Pete. Uh, the NHL season kind of seems to have almost three different halfway points uh, based on the spread of games played by each team. We're kind of at one of them right here before we hit the uh, the All-Star break and the official 41 game mark uh, coming out of Christmas now. I guess if I were to throw it at you in really simple terms or right on the spot, did you have one biggest surprise fantasy player and maybe one biggest disappointment uh, through the first three-ish uh, and a half months of the season here? Um, I'll, I'll throw a shout-out to Charlie Coyle of the Boston Bruins just with everything they lost in the offseason with Bergeron and Krejci retiring and losing Taylor Hall and losing Dmitry Orlov and losing Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, I really didn't expect – Boston to still be one of the elite teams out there and I feel like Charlie Coyle stepping up from a third liner to you know even a first or second liner I know Zaka missed some time so far this year I mean it's it's been pretty pretty ridiculous I know he just had a huge game yesterday against Buffalo so definitely um, didn't see that coming I thought it was going to be all Zaka and the team was going to regress significantly Um, but big surprise Charlie Coyle big disappointment I mean, it's tough. They're, Timo Meyer has been a big disappointment. Um, Buffalo as a team has been a huge disappointment. Devin Levi, uh, you know, Tage Thompson, uh, they're just, they've been missing time because of injuries and, and different uh, swings with the team. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate to see them not reaching their potential this year as a team. So the Buffalo Sabres are probably my biggest disappointment in general. And you can, you know, tie that into injuries. Almost everybody on that team has missed time one time or another. Skinner, Tuck, great. Like, everybody's missed time. So I guess you could pin it to that a little bit. But I've been disappointed by them and pleasantly surprised by Coyle and the Bruins this year. Pete, thank you so much for doing this today. For those who want to find your work, where is the best spot to do so? Sure, yeah. Subscribe to NHL Fantasy on Ice, wherever you get your podcasts and catch our work on nhl.com slash fantasy. We also do a daily uh, betting odds article that you can find on nhl.com, the regular site each day of the season, like literally every single day, whether there's one game like on the Winter Classic, we'll cover some props, angles, and stuff like that for players. But every day we're always looking at, you know, the three numbers or so that would uh, be most attractive uh, or most intriguing, I guess you could say. So, Keep an eye out for that. And, yeah, everybody have a happy holiday and a happy new year. Excited to be on with you. Thanks, Pete, so much. Uh, We'll have to get you on again in 2024, and a happy new year to you and yours as well. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Enjoy the Winter Classic, 3 p.m., January 1st, cracking Golden Knights, two new teams in the mix. Should be a lot of fun. It's going to be awesome. That is Pete Jensen from NHL Fantasy and NHL.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter and or X at NHL. Jensen, now we'll take a break here. When we come back, uh, we'll get back into the inbox, answer some of your texts, 1-833-401-1440. It is Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, here on Sports 1440. 11.45, it is Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, with you, Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, or online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Coming up after the frenzy, we've got the lowdown without Lota. We've got Marty Stevens and Brad Slater in today. They'll, uh, according to Brad on Twitter, 
do a little Xmas slash Oilers slash sports chat. Then at 1220, they'll be joined by Dan Rusinowski, voice of the San Jose Sharks. They'll also have Tim Allison, voice of the Camrose Kodiaks, amongst other things. The Ram Rodeo Report. The Ram Rodeo Report. Found, exactly. Uh, found on the, on the airwaves of our uh, neighbors here in the Stingray Studios, CFCW. Absolutely. At 13.05, I like Brad going with Army Time or the 24-hour clock. 13.05, it is Bagged Milk of Oilers Nation and the Better Late Than Never podcast. And at uh, 13.40, they've got Steve Jones, a keynote speaker, author of Brand Like a Rock, and uh, senior vice president at Stingray. Oh, a Liverpool fan. Cool. You'll never walk alone. Tough draw to uh, was it Arsenal over the last couple of days. Cool to actually get up and watch some soccer on a Saturday morning. What uh, what big program fired their coach recently? Did that happen for the past couple uh, of weekends? It's <laughs> a good question. This, this is coming from the biggest soccer EPL anything footy related novice of all time, being me. Um, I swear I saw because a, a bunch of people I follow on Twitter uh, that are just sports fans in general. They all have their preferred EPL team. I thought somebody fired a coach, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Nottingham Forest fired Steve Cooper. Sure. That could be it. Is, is that Div 1 EPL? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm a very big time casual. I like Liverpool. That's pretty much it. What's their like? What's their team name? The Liverpool. The Reds. This the Reds. You'll never walk alone. Is that like, the song? You know, yeah, well, that's like the, the motto and the, the song they sing. It's a good song. Ted Lasso used it for a, a couple episodes, I believe. I'm not like Lieutenant Eric. Like, he's a diehard Liverpool fan. I had a buddy move here. Shout out to Steve in grade one. And he kind of was like, yeah, this is the team I support. So, like, I have, like, Steven Gerrard, Fernando Torres, Michael Owen jerseys, Mo Salah now. And I watch them when I can, but I'm not a I'm Not, like, not a diehard? Hardcore, no. European football clubs are almost like they remind me. I, mean, we, I just finished my Game of Thrones rewatch, finished it over the Christmas break. I know, I think you're still in the midst of yours, uh, taking your time pacing through it. Like, European football clubs remind me of like the houses, the family houses. Like, they all have their, their crests, yeah. their logos, their mottos, their, like, their, their team words. Maybe they have a, a team song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like live or, live or die. With live or not, it's not supposed to be a pun on Liverpool. More a better pronunciation: <laughs> live or die with these teams. Like if you're a fan of them, it yeah, it is crazy. People think sports fans here are nuts. Oilers fans, NFL fans, college football fans. It does not even hold a candle to these fans of uh, of their like local clubs. Even if they're not like Div One in the Premier League, they could be Div Three. They're liar. Yeah, it's and what, they they live for it. That's what like gets the, them out of bed in the morning. That show on uh, FX, the Wrexham one with Rob McElhinney oh, yeah. and uh, Reynolds, the Canadian, <laughs> the handsome guy, the handsome guy. Yes, like uh, they're diehard fans. They're clubs. Uh, if you like, if you want to get goosebumps, just go to YouTube and search Liverpool fans sing "You'll Never Walk Alone." Like the chants they sing throughout the entirety of games, like they just, it, it's unmatched. It's super cool. I don't even know how we got into that. I don't either. No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the guest coming up on the uh, Lowdown with Low Tide is Liverpool fan. Yeah. Why, how did we do that? We're and, where this show takes us sometimes. We're, we're, we have one track minds, you and I, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 
Well, it's going to be you and I doing the Jason Greger show today. So hopefully we can keep it on the rails today. We'll have Dave McCarthy of Sirius XM. Robin Brownlee will join us from Oilers Nation. Bill Bender, NFL writer with the Sporting News, will join us at 340. We'll hear from Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey. Now as the Oilers take on the Sharks tonight, Mike Rupp from the NHL Network will be by. Also, Mark Spector, Jason Greger himself at 520. We'll also have the Ski Report, five questions, and a whole lot more from 2 to 6 on the Jason Greger Show. Uh, let's get into the inbox here. one 401 Derek says, guys, I need a vent. I had Tate, I believe that is Tage, starting yesterday for his 530 game. Check my lineup last at 5 and everything was good. Check back after puck drop and he's out again with an illness. I drafted Tage in the third round of my redraft banger league and I'm ready to trade him. Is this hasty? You'll be pretty hard pressed to find a bigger supporter of Tage Thompson than than I. Um, and I, I I am proud to say I was kind of ahead of the hype. Obviously, a guy with a ton of um, pedigree coming out of the 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 U.S. program. Um, played at the Olympics when he was in college, I believe, uh, during that year, where uh, they had a couple different American college players on the U.S. team. Like the si- the combination of size and skill with that guy is virtually unattainable. It, it, it is rarely um, mirrored across the league by other players. You have guys that do things right. Connor McDavid's so fast, the hands, the brain, everything. But Tage Thompson is like six foot six and has hands like Mario Lemieux and is a good skater. He's not Connor McDavid, but he's a good skater. The way I look at it, if it's a a redraft league, I, I could understand this, which obviously Derek says it is. And we just heard from Pete saying the Buffalo Sabres as a whole are kind of his uh, his big overarching disappointment on this season so far. Redraft League, I don't hate the idea to trade him, but the chances of the Sabres, you know, second half turnaround, getting some things figured out, guys back from injury. Tage missed a pretty decent stretch of time with, the, with an injury. I would not trade him, but I'm also biased there because I have a, uh, a kind of long-term love affair with him as a player. And I, I'm in the same boat as you, Derek. I probably bid on him too high. I... I is it too high to bite on a guy that has scored at the rate he has over the past, you know, season and a half, two years? Maybe not. But I'd hold on to him. The banger league part of it, um, where it usually equivocates to uh, hits, blocks, maybe shots on goal and stuff counting as well. He's not going to wrap up a ton in that regard, even as a bigger player. But he has some value there. So I would not trade him, but I would not fault you if you did out of basically frustration at this point because uh, the Sabres, they got to get things going. There were a team that was supposed to take the jump this year, and they haven't. Yeah, he was placed on the non-roster list due to personal reasons today. So I don't know exactly how long that will keep him out for, but geez, I hope he's okay, and the trade value may not be lower. BB says, hands like Mario Lemieux, WTF, with a winky emoji. That's high praise. Stick candle in a phone booth. That's the that's the the expression. The the probably one of the most overused expression. I don't hear it much anymore. But yeah. Going going back to me, my youth, uh, I heard it a lot. That was a great way to describe players with with really soft hands, uh, especially in tight. And I I mean, hey, Tate Thompson is not Mary Lemieux. Mary Lemieux is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But the combination of size and skill, it's like I said, there's not a lot of comparisons like that. Because even Eric Lindros, he was a different type of player. With size and skill, I do think Mario is kind of like the closest uh, direct comparison to a guy like Tage Thompson. Chewy comes into the inbox one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty with his weekly question. Back at it again, <laughs> boys! Championship match: Tua versus Love. Love takes on Minnesota. Tua up against Baltimore. Thanks, guys. Chewy. 
Uh, I get what you're doing there for sure. Uh, I mean, how did our feedback go last week of Tua or Love? Tua's well, game against the Cowboys wasn't overwhelming. They didn't put up a ton of points, but and I know Mostert had at least one of the tutties, did he not? He did. He did. He's a lock for uh, any time touchdown score oh for those gamblers out there. You know, it's another great bet. Not DeAndre Swift to score a touchdown, <laughs> although he did, but. <laughs> Down at the one. I, I sent you, it was a thing on Instagram I sent you last night, uh, DeAndre Swift basically for 99 yards of the field, and it's it was, yeah. a, it was him as LaDainian Tomlinson, you know, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Like, it's, how you, you've said this before, how do so many Eagles players, whether it be receivers or running backs, go down at the one-yard line? It's, unbel- it's, it's uncanny. It's Are they doing it on purpose to just boost Jalen Hurts' stock? Jason Kelsey said on his podcast, he's like, I just look at DeAndre and say, sorry, man, you know what we're doing here. <laughs> it's so, it's going to be the sorry, brotherly buddy. shove. Just sorry, buddy. Get used what to if it. they just did that but lined up in Wildcat? Well, that's what I thought, too. Like, you don't want to get your quarterback hurt. Use your running back. What team did the their version of the – was it the Chargers? Did their version of the brotherly shove but use their smallest player on the roster as the guy shoving him? Oh, probably. I don't know I, for it sure. It might not have been the Chargers, but, and they did it like a, twice in a row because it was like third and one. They got a half yard and then did not get it on fourth down. They were using, like, the smallest player on their roster, like their punt returner, to try and do the shove part of the brotherly shove. That would be very Charger. <laughs> Classic Chargers. Uh, I'm going to – I think I'm with you. I think I go love first Minnesota. He had two touchdowns last week. That Ravens defense is, oh my God. is fierce. Is, is Hamilton good to uh, – because he got dinged up in that Monday night game, did he not? Mm, he was tweeting. He was tweeting? Oh, he's tweeting. Good. If he's, he's tweeting, good. he's good. Uh Vikings did that. Oh, that's maybe that was the team that oh, did yeah, that from Montana yeah, to Rice. Pa- yeah, uh, Powell, Brandon Powell. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, Powell. Um, <laughs> L. Nate says, Mario was obviously beside Wayne all time, but I see that connection with Tage. For me, it's dry. They're so alike. And Derek says, close enough to the Chargers. Hey, yeah, uh, the Vikings Chargers. I think that as I, I have said they are mere images of each other in different conferences. We we dislike each other because uh, Justin Herbert got rookie of the year over Justin Jefferson. And I know Vikings fans, some hold the grudge there, but uh, there's a lot of parallels between those two they, fan bases. The fan bases hate each other because they see what they don't want to see in themselves. Yeah. In each other's got some studs on each team, though. If they could just combine franchises. Whew. Unstoppable. Unbeatable. They'll meet in the middle. They'll meet in like Wichita or something and become the electric vikings could brian flores turn around the chargers defense like he did in minnesota that's all this talk like minnesota do it playing this version of defense that's never been done before type thing I, i'm not a big enough football aficionado like in terms of scheming and game plan to really get it but it's about like i think how he disguises some things and how, how he blitzes maybe like i said i don't really get it but apparently it's like um game changing yeah, let's see if it uh, works for more <laughs> than uh, one season. Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> that's always a big thing in the NFL. It's like every anything anybody can do something trendy. Yeah, but it's about longevity. The Wildcats was Wild, great for a year. Wildcats so sick. <laughs> it was unreal when the Dolphins beat the Patriots that one time, and then yeah, you know Ronnie Brown was pretty successful with it. But uh, I think that's gonna do it for us. Randy says Tage Thompson, like Mario, he's not even as good as Ryan Getzlaff from Randy. He it, it was about one skill set, well, not I mean, his entire. I mean, hey, career. Ryan Getzlaff. Six. So. Yeah. Hall Sick. of Famer? Question mark. Sick flow. Hall of Fame hair. Oh, on on his draft photo hair with the tips. Oh man, that looked like a guy who would beat me up in high school. Anyways, let's hand things over to Marty Stevens and Brad Slater with the lowdown with Low Tide. A big thank you to everyone who texted in and tuned in today. If you missed anything, make sure you check out the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google. 
wherever you get it from. Uh, you can subscribe as well. We really do appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back, Brandon and I, for the Jason Greger Show coming up at 2 o'clock. We've got a lot to get to. It's an Oilers game day. But first, let's get to an update with Brandon Douglas, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in the Duke, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas. 